what I like about um, the fellowship position is that I haven't really separated myself from research. So whereas I'm not doing the research, I'm still involved in the research, just other folks are, are doing it now. And one of the nice points about the fellowship and working within the DOE with, with that whole slew of projects that you're working on is that you get exposure to many different types of projects. This is the ORISE Featurecast. Join host Michael Holtz for conversations with ORISE experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE Featurecast. Welcome to the ORISE Featurecast. As ever, I'm your host, Michael Holtz, in the Communications and Marketing Department at the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education. And I'm really excited today to be talking to a new friend, Dr. Asha Dean Celestine, who is an ORISE Science Technology and Policy Fellow at the U.S. Department of Energy. And Asha Dean, welcome Thank to you. the ORISE Featurecast. Thank you for having me. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are. Um, as I said, you're you're a, a fellow at the Department of Energy. Tell me what you're doing with your fellowship. Okay, so I'm a fellow in the Hydrogen and Fuel Cell Technologies Office, which is within the Energy Efficiency and Renewable Office within the DOE. Many of right. <laughs> Um I've been here um, at the end of June. It'll actually be three years since I've okay. been in this position. So I've been here for a little bit. Um, I work primarily on hydrogen infrastructure. And basically what that means is I focus on projects related to hydrogen storage and hydrogen delivery um, within the office. So I have a team that I work under, I have program manager and technology managers that I work with, um, helping to manage those projects and um, assess the projects and also work on like strategy development, that kind of stuff for hydrogen. Okay, so if I may, why is hydrogen important? Hydrogen is um, it's a clean fuel. It's an energy carrier, I should say, first of all. It's an energy okay. carrier, um, and it's clean. You get hydrogen. Um, you can get hydrogen from many different um, sources. Uh, we can produce it mainly through the clean hydrogen is produced through electrolysis. Um, so you can use solar and wind energy you have your water, it goes through the electrolysis process and you get hydrogen. And then you can store that hydrogen, which is the area that we focus on. But then later on, you can then use that hydrogen in fuel cells to produce electricity. So it's a clean form of energy. The only um, emissions that you have to say is water vapor when the hydrogen recombines with the oxygen in the fuel cell. So we have hydrogen um, fuel cell vehicles on the road. A lot of them are in California. And it's interesting because we've um, we've taken a couple of rides in them, and you ride in them, they ride just like any other um, vehicle. But then you see the only emissions that you're getting is you get a little bit of a little trickle of water coming out of the quote unquote exhaust pipe at the end. So it's a clean fuel. Um, and so in the past, a lot of our focus has been on using hydrogen for um, fuel cell vehicles, but hydrogen is also used to produce. Um, other chemicals. It's used in industry for steel making, for cement uh, manufacturing. It's used in a wide host of avenues. And so the the 
The premise is that if we can use this clean energy carrier as opposed to other types of fuels, then we can really help decarbonize industry and decarbonize uh, multiple uh, environments. That's not the word that I want to use, but <laughs> various different uh, areas. Yeah. Gotcha. So really in terms of reducing our carbon footprint, mm-hmm. assisting with slowing climate change, all of those yes. things, hydrogen is an important element in Very, yeah. our Very energy much. our energy infrastructure. Yes. So you've been in your fellowship for coming on three years. Um, was science always something that you were interested in? Was it you know, from childhood or was it something that you sort of came to later? I would, yeah, I would say so. I've always liked math and science. Okay. Um, I like equations, basically. Right. Um, and so I've always been um, really drawn towards math and chemistry, physics. So in high school, um, so I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Um, and so in high school, what we do is we we have different subjects. You have science in your first three years of high school, you kind of focus on science and math in general, but you have this opportunity in your last two years of high school to zone in on specific subjects. So you kind of choose the subject area that you want to focus on. And so I focused on chemistry, math, physics, and and we had something called advanced math, um, which was like your calculus and all that, all that good stuff. And I really enjoyed, I enjoyed all of that. Um, so I, I would say that I've always been drawn to science and math. Um, another part of my story is the fact that my dad was a diesel mechanic okay. um, by training, but he was also a jack of all trades. So that anything that needed to be fixed around the house, he could do it. There are very few times that we actually had to call in someone to do um, to do any sort of repair work because he did that. And being the eldest of five, I was his kind of like his handyman, right hand man <laughs> slash woman, um, kind of helping out with those repairs. And so, and I enjoyed it. That, that the yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. And so that I think those complementary um, influences um, really helped me kind of zone in on on science and math and. Uh, and engineering, more specifically. I gotcha. So, Ashadi, your dad was your first mentor. I would say so, in a very informal, sure. <laughs> informal way. But yes, definitely. Sure, sure. Um, so, let's talk about mentorship. Um, mm-hmm. How, for you, how important have mentors been to the development of your career and your your interest in staying in STEM fields? Mentors, I think, have they've helped me get started on the path and it helped me stay on the path. And a lot of it, not a, not a lot of it, sorry, has been like this formal mentorship where, you know, you sit with someone and they walk you through and it, a lot of it has been informal, just having conversations with different people. Um, I'd ha- I had a great mentor in high school who mentored me on, not, not only on like the fundamentals in terms of subject areas, that kind of stuff, but she provided a lot of mentorship in terms of like leadership and potential. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was one of my great mentors. And then when I uh, went to college and undergrad, I had a mentor that I'd kind of drop into their office and just ask questions and get, get that advice. And I think just having someone that you can go to and provide just the, just the right piece of advice at the right time has been has been instrumental in in helping me move forward in my in my STEM career. So mentorship is is definitely definitely very important. 
Um, and, and it comes in all different forms and I've, I've appreciated all the different forms that, it's, that I've experienced. Right. And have you had the opportunity to serve as a mentor for others? I have. So prior to um, joining the DOE as a fellow, becoming an ORISE fellow, I was actually a professor at Auburn University for about okay. four years. So I had um, so I had students in my class that, that I would mentor, but I also had researchers, undergraduate and graduate researchers, um, that I worked with. And we'd, we'd have uh, official um, work within the lab, you know, and I'd just drop, drop in on the lab and kind of guide them, provide mentorship there. But I also did a lot of outreach with uh, incoming freshmen, um, with high school students, and just providing that that avenue for them to to explore and to ask questions and for me to provide um, sometimes advice and sometimes just, just one word. Because sometimes all you need is just one word, right, from someone at just the right time. Sure. And, and, and that helps to clarify things. It helps to motivate. And so I've, I've had... A, f- a good few experiences and opportunities to do that over the years. Wonderful. Um, I have to ask you, because you mentioned that you were a professor at Auburn. You're the first faculty member I think I've talked to who made the leap from academia to the Department of Energy to one of our fellowship programs. How, okay. what was, what has that been like for you? I, I imagine there are obvious differences between yes. sort of the academic world and, uh, you know, a federal laboratory system. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it's interesting that you say that because the reason I found out about the ORISE Fellowship was I met a faculty member um, at a conference that I had attended. Okay. And at that time, I was looking for ways to get more involved in policy and or what the federal government was doing as it related to, to, STEM, to the STEM field. And I met someone at a conference and they said, yeah, I'm an ORISE fellow. But they, I think the way they were doing it was they were in the fellowship for just two years and then they were returning to their faculty position. Okay. So it was a little bit different. Um, but there are differences and similarities. You're still dealing with uh, research. Right. But the, I think I guess the main difference is, whereas in academia you're performing the research, or at least you have students that you're mentoring and you're um, advising as they perform the research. Whereas with the federal government, we are um, we're funding the research and we're also uh, managing the research projects, um, providing assessment of the research projects. And so, what I like about um, the fellowship position is that I haven't really separated myself from research. So whereas I'm not doing the research, I'm still involved in the research, just other folks are are doing it now. And one of the nice points about the fellowship and working within the DOE with with that whole slew of projects that you're working on is that you get exposure to many different types of projects, right? So things that you, maybe you, you have to go to a conference and you have to attend multiple different talks to hear about what other folks are working on. Kind of what's nice about working in the DOE is that you get um, this host of projects that you can evaluate, you can kind of keep abreast of the field, which is one of the things that I do as part of my fellowship. In addition to um, like assess, helping and assessing and managing I also have to keep on top of what are the latest developments, right? Because those are going to benefit mm-hmm. our projects as well. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> I, that does answer the question. And I also am thinking there must be a great deal of collaboration when you have so many disciplines mm-hmm. 
working in, you know, in the same area, but not necessarily the same kind of science. Yes, yes. And so we see that a lot with our projects. A lot of our projects are um, these collaborations between industry, academia, our national labs. Um, and so it's really nice to see how they're able to uh, build off of each other's strengths and really get a project moving from different technology readiness levels. And, so, and that's something that you, because when you're in academia, you kind of focus on academia right? and you don't get that, that input, you don't get that perspective from the industry or from the national labs. And so, and so it's, a, it's, been, it's been a great experience just seeing how all of those things fit together. That sounds like a really wonderful experience. Um, is there a particular um, barrier that you've had to overcome? Um, and I ask that realizing I'm I'm speaking to a, you know a black woman in science. Um, you know, were there barriers that you? And also, you're from Trinidad and Tobago, so you know, have there been particular barriers or, that you've had to overcome? to get to the point that you are today? Hmm, that's a good question. I'm, I I tend not to think of the of them as barriers. So, okay, um, that's fair. I think the, the, the most obvious one is the difference in culture. Sure. Right? Um, the, and then there's a difference in the demographics as well, right? Because in Trinidad, where um, it's in the Caribbean, most of our population, the majority of our population are black and brown. Okay. Uh, um, and so coming to the U.S. where it, it's, you've switched that minority, ma majority type of um, percentages, that, that was a bit of a culture shock. Sure. Um, I think one of the um, advantages I had when I came to the U.S. was I did my undergrad at Howard University, which is a historically mm -hmm. black college um, and university. And so that provided a really... Um, it provided just the transition I needed to go from one culture to the next, but not be like face that stark difference in culture and demographics. Yeah. Um, in terms of obstacles, I'll, yeah, it's it's hard to to point out. Like I haven't faced any overt obstacles where you know, like I'm running towards something and there's this, definitely there's this wall. Okay. Um, but I know there have been instances where there are like little things that you're like, okay, this this doesn't make sense. Why is this harder for me than it is for someone else? And then you think about it and you process it and you realize, okay, there are some things that have been set up that don't, that they're set up in a way that it's not going to be easy for you mm -hmm. to, to progress. But I can't, like, I can't, like, say that I've had these instances where it's like, yes, this is exactly what happened and that kind of stuff. But Gotcha. But I've definitely had had some times where I'd be like, okay, this this should be for everybody else. Why is it easier for everybody else than it is for me? And I've had to kind of work through that. And that's where mentorship has been um, pretty use has been very useful for me in that having folks that I can go to and talk to and say, this is what this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm going through. Is this normal? Is this natural? Is this and then get just getting that feedback and also getting that advice on okay, this is how you address this particular situation. Those those and usually those happen like over lunch or sure. um, and so those those have been the uh, strategies that I've used when when things just don't seem to to make sense, but they're not like those that overt type of obstacle or barrier. Yeah. 
I got to. Okay. Um, and I have to tell you, I was actually on the Howard University campus last week for a conference. And okay. it's, it's, it's a beautiful. It is. It is. It is beautiful. It's been so, great, great four years there. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, I'm assuming since you're in your third year of your fellowship that you have enjoyed your ORISE experience. <laughs> I have. Recommended to others. Definitely, definitely. I I've actually been like um, any conference that I go to, any webinars that I attend, and I have an opportunity to speak with folks, especially uh, like students who are just about to graduate from their masters or their PhD, and they're not sure about what they want to do. I'm like, there's the ORISE fellowship mm-hmm. um, because it's it's such a unique opportunity to get embedded into federal government and with with minimal experience, right? Because a lot of these jobs that, that are advertised, they want two, three years experience and there's this long list. Um, but I think the ORISE Fellowship is just this um, unique opportunity where you can go straight from um, your postgraduate degree, get embedded into federal government, get into an office and when you get the way uh, we treat our fellows is we treat them like they're no different from our technology managers. Of course, they have different responsibilities, but you're not like um, set aside and you're only exposed to specific things. You get exposed to everything within the office. And I think that's that's a definite plus for um, students as they leave. And it's not just for students, right? Because for example, for myself, I wasn't a student when I when I applied. I had already been um, in academia. I had started my career there and being able to transition um, to the ORISE Fellowship has been, has been a blessing. I would say it's been a blessing, just the way that I've been able to use my experience um, to help, but also to learn about how things are done and to and to decide whether federal service or government service is, is what it is I want to um, continue working. And is that, to, I guess, to answer, ask the obvious question, is that where you see yourself? I do want to continue in, in this field. I, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of great work that's being done. And just the fact that you, you have the opportunity to um, contribute in that area and you can see, you may not see it like, you're not gonna see it tomorrow, right? But you know that the work that you're working on is making a difference, not just in your field, especially because we deal with with clean energy and decarbonization, but it's gonna make a difference across the globe because the technologies that we're, that we're working on, that we're funding, they're gonna drive um, newer developments uh, down the road. So I think um, this is something that I'd like to continue working on. Awesome. And you're doing great work and for the greater good, which, yes. which who doesn't love to be part of a mission like that? Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Ashton, Celestine, one more question for you. What brings you joy? What brings me? Wow. That's a very deep question. <laughs> um, what brings me joy is I think helping people. Okay. Definitely helping people. And, and that takes different, um, it, take, it takes different forms. I enjoy teaching, um, and that and that's a form of helping people. Because for me, I see it as a way of helping folks understand. Um, I enjoy service. I do a lot of um, volunteer work, and I enjoy like I said, I like I use my muscles for good kind of way. Mm-hmm. I like I enjoy 
service. Um, so I would say helping people. I enjoy music and um, at my church, I do um, audio engineering. Okay. I enjoy, so and it's, that, it brings me joy because I love music, but I also um, am able to mix the sounds together so that other people enjoy Enjoy the music nice. as well, and so it's, so it's a service type of thing. So I would say, what brings me joy is, is serving others. Awesome. That's a, that's a very good question. <laughs> I, I love your answer. I think that's great, and I, I think you're right. Serving people, and you you're clearly doing it in in many different ways, yeah. and I love that. So, Dr. Ashadeen Celestine, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Featurecast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O-Rise Connect. If you like the O-Rise Featurecast, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education is managed by ORAU for the U.S. Department of Energy.